This is the PGA of Canada Professional Development Podcast Series. Industry leaders, PGA professionals discussing technology, fitness, planning your business, building your career. These talks, these ideas, developed for you to live a better life and earn a better living. Welcome to the PGA of Canada Tea Talks podcast. My name is Mark Rowe from TSN. So excited about today's episode because we have another great guest. And and just in case the audience thinks I'm taking any kind of credit for that, I am not. This is all Matt Allen and his team uh, behind the scenes who have been booking all these great guests. So um, kudos to them. And this one is a great one that I think we're going to learn a ton from. He is the founder of Steranka Sports and Strategy. He was CEO of the PGA of America for seven years. He's recognized for contributing to golf's return to the Olympics. He was also um, a leader in the global development of the PGA brand and built media platforms to elevate the Ryder Cup and the PGA Championship. And his near-40-year career in sports includes work with the NBA's Cleveland Cavaliers, the Washington Wizards, and sports agency ProServe, which he directed communication strategies for Michael Jordan, Volvo Tennis, Jimmy Connors, Major Indoor Soccer League, and the late Payne Stewart. Uh, Great to have Joe Starenka on today's show. Joe, thanks so much for joining us. Mark, uh, always a pleasure to talk to my friends in Canada. Uh, There's a lot going on in this game of golf these days, and the business of golf has perhaps never been uh, stronger. A lot of that is due to the hard work of PGA professionals. So excited to uh, talk on the tee, so to speak. You must have so many great anecdotes from your career and just, just listing off your resume. You know, we could sit here for hours and and talk, uh, talk about that, but let's, let's begin um, with maybe a a big one here. You were the CEO uh, for the PGA of America from 2005 to 2012. And before that you held other roles within the PGA and golf. So you've witnessed and been a part of a lot of changes So what are some of the biggest challenges facing this industry and more specifically the PGA professional today? You know, golf is big as it is, you know, think about it Uh, in the U S it's a $84 billion a year industry. And that's based on 2016 numbers. So many people think it's North of of $90 billion, a billion with a B Um, and, you know, employs 2 million people and, uh, is a huge driver of of our uh, resort economies and and uh, retail sales of, and the like, and it just um, you know goes to prove that it's not a straight line when when you talk about sports, and it's the the one uh, reason I say that you know uh, golf is perhaps you know the the uh, most sustaining business that there is um, because it combines the entertainment side of sport. You know, people watching the President's Cup as, as they did uh, last weekend and, you know, the recreation uh, part of the game. Uh, fortunately, golf is healthy. Um, it, it's 
you burn calories, you get outdoors, uh, you relieve stress, you uh, many times, you know, are walking miles, um, even riding in a buggy uh, sometimes. And uh, there's a lot more walking. I, I know in Canada, having been up to Cabot uh, and, and walking those great courses for a few days uh, earlier this summer, that <clears throat> that's what makes, uh, you know, the game and the business of golf so sustaining is that it, it's a uh, it attracts um, us to watch the drama of uh, great competition on the men's and the women's side. Uh, and then we want to, you know, go out and try to recreate the, those shots. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure I can skate the length of the ice and uh, lift a, a puck into the upper, uh, you know, uh, corner of the net um, anymore. So, but I can hit an occasional putt or stick an iron close to the hole. So, on the re- recreation side, we're still able to do what the greatest players in the world do, um, and and that that again is is what makes the game so sustaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you just, I see it in my own neighborhood. Um, you know, families getting out. I, I have a next door neighbor where the mother is taking lessons because the son's into it. Obviously, her husband's already been into golf, and they, you know, it's one of those those few sports that you can do together as a family and, you know, get those four or five hours um, together on a course. And as you point out, get some exercise and it, it's also, I'm going to sound very biased. It's good TV as well. Um, (laughs) TSN uh, hosts the PGA tour, the masters, PGA championship, us open, all the big events, the president's cup, as you pointed out last weekend was on our air. And you've indicated uh, I've seen in the past that that sports is the original reality tv and i'm sure i've stolen that line before that this <laughs> reality tv episode you've ever seen when we've had a great event so mark mark it's called borrowing oh sorry <laughs> we, sorry we borrow, we borrow those great uh, lines which uh, <laughs> many people said before me but no you, you know you look at the uh some of the stories that have come out and whether it's you know, our uh, American football or, or uh, you know, some of the great Ryder Cup comebacks in 1999 when the U.S. won and 2012 when Europe uh, came back from four points down and won. Um, you know, amazing performances by uh, underdogs uh, when the uh, Americans beat the Russians in hockey for the very first time, the miracle on ice. You know, if you if you wrote a screenplay and presented that to your producers and 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 directors, they'd go, ah, that's crazy. You know, that that could never happen. But it happens all the time in sport. And and so, you know, that drama that uh, the great TV producers try to create in in reality TV program. Uh, you know, a kind of a a look into the the lives and the souls of of the characters that that they bring forward. That happens in golf, and you know, when the partnership that golf has with uh, television, it, it, from a business standpoint, it's it uh, it's one of the strongest and most successful platforms 
uh, in sports uh, in terms of viewership and sponsorship. And for golf, uh, it again, as I said, it it gives us uh, people who play the game for fun a chance to to get to know these people and root for them. Um, in some cases, root against them when it comes to team events like that. But uh, it, again, you know, uh, you don't have to go out and hire great uh, creative writers. You just lay out the the script for a lot of sports events and, and it's amazing what unfolds. So is there a way that golf can capitalize on this at a local level with the PGA professional leading the way? Yeah, the PGA professional is the bridge between the entertainment side of the sport and the recreation side of the sport. And we get more excited about going to play golf when, when something great happens, uh, you know, when Tiger Woods won the Masters in 1997, his very first major championship, we had a host of new people coming out to the sport. They were younger. They were more diverse. Uh, many more women were taking up the game. He was a charismatic, captivating figure. Um, how many uh, people in the world are known by one name? Um, you know, it's Madonna. Uh, and, and Tiger was right there, you know, in, in terms of those one word names in countries around the world. Uh, you didn't have to just be in the United States. So the PGA professional takes that excitement that people have when they see a great performance and then introduces and weaves it into, um, you know, the play at their course. Uh, you know, and I, I see now um, the technology that is on telecast. You see uh, the shot link stats and you see the top tracer technology to, to track the flight of the ball. Now, a lot of that technology is available at the golf course. So uh, it's incumbent on PGA professionals not to just present the game that the way it's been presented for decades, but to incorporate that new technology in their golf events, certainly in their teaching and in sometimes everyday play. So you lay out the role of the PGA professional and how they are a bridge from the entertainment to the recreational side of things. How, how do you view sort of their biggest, the biggest change in that role and the expectation that they have from both club members and also from the public? Uh, we are in a wired world that makes everybody an expert about everything. <laughs> you um, don't so, say. <laughs> so they, you got this Google machine that, uh, you know, when, when people want to learn something, um, they can go on and Google it. And, and now suddenly they're walking into their PGA professional sometimes with, more information than the pro knows. And it's not just PGA professionals, it's the people that, you know, sell uh, um, Teslas for a living and, uh, you know, the, the high-end retailers, you know, people are becoming more educated about uh, the products and the services and the pricing. Uh, so it, it is a challenge for the PGA professional who is always seen as the expert in, in golf um, you know, they're an expert on playing the game, on uh, teaching the game, on, uh, 
you know, where should I take my golf holiday uh, with my buddies? Where should my wife and I uh, get off for a, a couple's weekend? The PGA professional is that expert that seems to know what equipment to play and where to play uh, and how to play better. So, uh, you know, yes, technology has been terrific in promoting the game across audiences, especially younger audiences. But it's a challenge for that expert to, to stay the expert when, when the customers are catching up all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, here's a topic that um, you've, I don't know if I want to call I don't know if you call yourself an expert, but it's certainly something that you have succeeded in, and that's marketing. And the PGA of Canada has done a pile of research over the last 10 years and marketing the game, marketing services, marketing programs, all at the top of the role of a PGA professional. So what do you see as the biggest areas PGA professionals should adapt in today's world of how we now consume information when it comes to their marketing of the game? Uh, marketing, marketing, marketing. Yeah, certainly that's, uh, you know, how, um, uh, what I brought to, uh, the PGA of America when, when I joined and I learned, you know, from the very best, uh, you know, that that golf was actually, I thought a little behind tennis. Um, and when I was working at ProServe and we had, that was an agency, uh, uh, founded by Donald Dell, a Davis cup tennis captain, us Davis cup tennis captain. And with Arthur Ashe and Stan Smith as the first two clients, and, uh, you know, seeing how it was a global tour, um, well-established, uh, you know, sponsorships, both at the national and local level in key cities around the world, and the activation uh, by the sponsors was terrific. So golf, you know, wasn't that, that sophisticated. But what golf had that all the sports are, are trying to get to now is it had a, a built-in um, interaction with the athletes through pro-ams. Um, and, you know, so the, the marketing of the game uh, of all sport now is trying to connect that, that uh, fan more with uh, the game itself, a more authentic experience of, you know, the feeling of being courtside and, being up close and hearing the, you know, um, the cuts and the ice, you know, from uh, a skater or a, uh, uh, you know, the squeak of basketball shoes uh, on the floor. And, you know, so that marketing of, of how we, you know, get people closer to the game it is so important. And technology, big role in that. Uh, you know, that uh, through virtual reality, augmented reality, and certainly the, the high def uh, um, television coverage that, that exists in, in major sports events and the number of cameras uh, that are added to provide that point of view when the puck goes into the corner or uh, somebody's got a short-sighted buried, you know, lie and thick rough and, and just to see in super slow-mo how that ball comes out and the club head goes past the ball as it's kind of, you know, rising uh, towards the sky and then seems to land on the green like a butterfly with sore feet, as they, they say, and stops uh, close to the hole. So 
you know, using um, the connection with events and athletes in sport anyway is the is the biggest uh, opportunity that we have to grow fans who are uber engaged and uber you know uh, supportive of of the industry itself and you know pretty much consume ev- everything that people put out there and at at clubs it's incumbent on the PGA professional to provide you know that that same access to be able to to use uh, technology and and uh, to not only uh, enhance the enjoyment of a round when somebody comes out to play, and that's everything from you know uh, managing pace of play uh, to uh, re- recording uh, um, their their own stats and and scoring, but uh, also to manage it from a a B2B standpoint to use it as a, you know, a CRM uh, customer relationship management to find out who's a heavy user of the golf facility and, and who you haven't seen in a while. And uh, so that you can reach out to those customers and and just say, Hey, Mark, I haven't seen you for a few days. I, I know they're working uh, you hard there at TSM, but you got to make some time to get out and, and uh, <laughs> smell the roses. I, I, hey, I'm not going to argue with you on that one, <laughs> sure. Um, you know, it, it's funny, a lot of uh, our sessions that we've done, uh, both on this podcast, T-Talks Live as well, um, that we've done through the PGA of Canada, we've talked a lot about how golf is one of the few industries that during COVID saw a spike in participation, that the business grew. Uh, it, it might be impossible to maintain that, but if a club professional came to you and said, yeah, I got a great thing going, you know, we're seeing more players at our club, we're seeing younger players at our club, how do I retain this? How do I keep this good thing going? Yeah. It is a, just extraordinary to see how golf took off uh, during a global uh, pandemic, um, you know, when millions of people were getting sick and, and losing their lives. Uh, we all had to shut down and, and go into uh, our home, uh, you know, little bubbles and cocoons and, and take care of ourselves. But, um, you know, humans are just innately wired to uh, socialize and connect with, with one another. So we were craving something that, would get us out of the house and allow us to, to go see other people. And it was safer to go play around the golf um, with somebody for work or for fun uh, than it was to, to go, you know, buy them a pint or, or have a, a, you know, a dinner somewhere. So golf became that one, you know, healthy thing that we could get outside and we certainly all needed to, the stress relief. Uh, you know, we're, or too many times you're dealing with life and death, but a pandemic um, forced the entire world to do that. So, yeah, the, the getting people together where they, they could laugh and tell jokes and smile and just be a little bit, you know, normal um, was attractive. We also had another thing happen. Um, it, it meant we had a mobile workforce and, uh, that 
wasn't tied to commuting times to catch a train at a certain time or leave the house and in your car at a certain time. So that, you know, two to three hours of commute time was suddenly back in the hands of people who were living in the suburbs close to their golf course. Mm -hmm. Um, And they could put that, you know, two or three hours to do something else, whether it was, you know, spending more time with their kids and, or going to play a round of golf with, with their mates. And, And a lot of them, you know, did both of those things. Uh, I know in the Sunbelt regions in uh, Arizona and Florida and uh, California, you also had a lot of adult children moving, you know, to Florida for months uh, to spend time with their families. And, you know, when mom and dad have the country club membership and you can just go turn up and, and sign your your name for lunch and and golf and and drinks uh you know, that's not a bad deal either so no. our uh our family play was through the roof at, at florida clubs um during that period and and that you know reintroduced to some people uh some people to the game um got them playing with their kids so that they really saw the value of of a uh, private club uh, because we were so intently focused on our our personal health and well-being, mm-hmm. we didn't venture out to places where we would run into strangers. Um, but the private club was a place where you knew pretty much everybody at the club and, and, and that you, you felt safe uh, there at the club. So the club has always been a kind of a safe haven for kids uh, to go out and play and, and for um, you know, our spouses to go out and now it was proven to be, you know, safe from a health standpoint, the protocols that they took, whether it was putting up plexiglass dividers and, and golf carts or going to single golf carts and not taking the flag sticks out, um, you know, different things like that, um, you know, all showed that we were going to take that opportunity very seriously. So, yeah, you know, the, the, there aren't too many uh, mature recreation businesses that grew, you know, at a 13, 14% clip like we did um, in 2020 and then add on another 6% in 2021. And we're about holding our own in, in 22, even as, as the world opens up and people are able to get, go do new things. Um, you know, but the the reason people are still playing is that we're delivering those great experiences for them and their families. And the other piece of it that uh, I can't, um, uh, you know, make a big enough point about is the gamification and the entertainment component of golf led by Top Golf and Drive Shack and Tiger Woods has got Pop Stroke and uh, invited slash club quarters, got big shots, golf, a lot of new uh, golf entertainment pieces that are tied to technology so that you don't have to be a great golfer to go hit a, a 250 yard drive. Um, you, 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 you may swing like a hockey stick, or baseball bat and make contact. And it's uh, what we, uh, Joe Bennett's from the National Golf Foundation. He calls shot you for the shot. 
Um, and now they're starting to golf, which gets them more excited, uh, you know, about trying the, the, the traditional format of the game. So a lot of the new uh, players uh, take the game now. Um, these uh, high-tech driving ranges uh, where they're bringing you chicken wings and cold beers. <laughs> Not too bad. Now, Joe, given what's happened in recent history, what is now the biggest opportunity for the PGA professional moving forward? Uh, you know, we've been given a great opportunity. Um, the people that are, are playing uh, at golf entertainment facilities um, are a lot younger, you know, the, um, a lot more diverse, uh, you know, a lot more people of color and much higher percentage of women. And that's what every business needs. You know, golf is a hundred years old plus in, in Canada and the United States. Um, so we, we can't present it like we did even, even 10 years ago. You know, the, our world is just moving so quickly in terms of how it gets, uh, every, every facet of it gets re-engineered every few years uh, or so, uh, almost like, you know, the evolution of, of drivers in, in golf where there's, you know, there always seems to be a, a better stick uh, every two or three years. And so staying on top of, of that change and presenting it um, means that all of a sudden the, the country club is not, you know, the country club of granddad and, and grandma. Uh, it, it's, it's a club geared to 40 somethings with young children. Uh, it has relaxed, but still, uh, proper uh, attire and, and etiquette rules. Um, you know, you're not going to have people talking on their phones, but they're probably going to be texting and grabbing pictures and all the other things that they that they do uh, uh, through, throughout uh, the other parts of their lives. And, you know, that uh, that means that the, the game, again, will be sustained as, as long as we can take advantage of the new people coming in through the entertainment side of golf and, and getting attracted by the, the uh, you know, golf on television. You know, to see the, the, the crowds in, the, at, uh, in Charlotte this weekend, I went for the President's Cup, and it was the, the biggest President's Cup in, in history. Uh, it, it'll, it sets a great uh, stage for Royal Montreal two years hence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, where uh, you know Mike Weir was was there as an assistant. Uh, it's expected that he'll be named captain of the international team, and the internationals are coming on strong. Uh, I mean, they had a tough uh, you know set of losses uh, with players going to live golf, and and they took it right to a much stronger American team. Uh, it was very close right up to the end, and and the crowds were there. I, there are so many uh, kids out there, so many women out there, so many um, uh, people of color out there, the audiences that, you know, quite frankly, didn't exist when I started full-time in golf in 1988. Yeah. Those team competitions are, are unbelievable. It's uh, 
you know, like it's, it's, a, it's obviously different than a major. Um, and I don't want to ever compare what Sunday at Augusta is like, or what, you know, um, a U.S. Open or PGA championship or the open championship or what those feels are. But like, you know, the interaction between the players and the crowd is something that you do get from the Ryder Cup and the President's Cups and the Solheim Cups and, and everything that you don't get to see on a, on a regular basis. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. Um, obviously, you um, have been super successful. You're ha- you know, you founded this, you know, this company, Serenka Sports and Strategy. Do you, when you look at what's going on in the world of golf right now, do you ever have days that you miss your previous role as the CEO of the PGA of America? Or are you kind of glad, like, I had my time, did it well, uh, that's someone else's, uh, you know, headache right now? Or, or you know, or also, like, the other, the, the, someone else's, you know, joy as well? Yeah. It's an emphatic no. I don't miss it. Um, okay. <laughs> and, and the reason is, it, it, listen, it's... The, I, I was fortunate to have the greatest job, I think, in the world. I, I love sports. I love golf. That uh, I've always loved golf. is one of my favorite sports, uh, now my favorite sport. Um, and so to lead an organization that served you know, 28,000 men and women who wake up every day trying to make golf a, a better game and a better business was a huge honor. But it's a, there's only one way to do it. And Kevin Thistle knows, uh, like Gary Bernard did uh, before him, uh, you can only do it one way. And that's, you got to be all in. I mean, so to go seven years traveling almost 200 days a year and, and you're never on vacation, uh, you have to sleep. Uh, back then it was with my Blackberry, um, you know, just waiting for, any problem that could happen and uh, as exciting as the Ryder cup and the PJ championship were, it's also a lot of pressure because you had, you know, 50, 60,000 people that you were responsible for their safety and mm-hmm. uh, well-being and entertainment. So from a weather or a security, uh, um, all, you know, operational standpoint, uh, all, all those things that, that go in, it's a it's a big responsibility, and I love being able to go to these events now and not have to worry whether the shuttle buses are running on time or somebody <laughs> got the wrong credential, and uh, and I'm just happy to be there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go grab a beer. Would you like one? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you know you've made it when uh, you can you can return and be that sort of fan slash guest at a big event like that, but. Um, Joe, I joke that we could be talking for hours, um, and there's so many things that I'm sure that you could uh, educate us on, but um, we really appreciate the time that you have given us. Um, Thanks so much, and best of luck with uh, everything moving forward. Mark, thank you so much, and uh, to all my friends in Canadian golf, uh, keep doing what you're doing. You're, you're, You're proud partners of the PGA of America, and you always have a friend in Florida, so come visit. Lovely. Always good to have a friend in Florida, especially during, you know, January and March. (laughs) Exactly. Get up that bread. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much, Joe. And thanks for everyone for tuning into this episode of Tea Talks Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podbean for up-to-date podcast alerts and early access. 
This is the PGA of Canada Professional Development Podcast Series. Industry leaders, PGA professionals discussing technology, fitness, planning your business, building your career. These talks, these ideas, developed for you to live a better life and earn a better living.